Yeah, so grime artist Solo45 has his sentence increased to 30 years for raping and imprisoning women. So Andy Anoki, who performs under the stage name Solo45, is a, says he waterboarded, interrogated, and raped four women. Um, I really don't know what that means. Waterboarded on the chat. So the torture and rape of four women by grime artist Andy Anoki. A grime artist who was serving 24 years in jail for imprisoning and repeatedly raping four women has had his sentence increased by six years. It's not a lot of time. Solo 45, whose real name is Andy Aoki, was found guilty of 21 rapes, wow, five counts of false imprisonment, two counts of assault by penetration, and two of actual bodily harm at Bristol Crown Court last July. However, it says following a hearing, the court appeal have ruled that his initial sentence was unduly lenient so um whatever that means and he will now spend 30 years in jail for the 30 charges which took place over a two-year period um he was he also it says he also was also he also was also well he also was handed a five years additional license to reflect the seriousness of his crimes now, yeah, we don't need to make light in any sense. These are very serious and disgusting, barren crimes. And um, I don't know why the sentencing they said was initially lenient, but let's see if it gives any bit more info. It says, speaking after the ruling, which was made by three senior judges, Solicitor Gerald Michaelis QC called Anoki's offenses truly shocking. Now, I'm not really familiar with this guy, so people let me know if you know him. It says he performed under the name Solo45 with the collective Boy Better Know. So, Boy Better Know are definitely quite popular. Um, some people will be familiar with Skepta and I believe Jammer, JME and some of these guys. Um, stop me if I'm wrong, but let us know if you got any info on this guy, guys. It says, Mr. Ellis said the court's decision to increase the sentence recognized the severity of the abuse that he inflicted upon his victims and the danger he poses to the public. Um, calls for him to be given a life sentence were rejected. It says, during his trial, the jury heard that the musician derived sexual pleasure from torturing women by waterboarding, interrogating, assaulting, and raping them. You know, wow. I think he's definitely in the best place. The court heard that Anoki forced one woman to lie in a bath of freezing cold water, held a shotgun to the head of another, held a cloth covered in bleach to women's faces, and forced a mobile phone down a woman's throat. Wow. So graphic footage filmed by Anoki on his mobile phone showing him abusing multiple women was also shown to the jury as evidence. The 33-year-old claimed it was consensual roleplay or a game he called Catch Me, Rape Me. Wow. God, this is kind of heavy. He says he had told the women he would terrorize them. Anyone who was from London but had... Anoki, sorry, was from London but had a harborside apartment in Bristol told the court during evidence that he had dacrophilia sexual arousement from tears and sobbing wow also this is i thought that said something about satan i was gonna say it sounded about right it sounded quite satanic um anoki was part of a grand collective boy better know signed to record label island records and collaborated with the likes of stormzy jme and wiley it says when passing his original sentence, the judge told him he had no sexual boundaries or empathy for those concerned. 
So the grime artist had a background of gang association and criminal violence. It says becoming addicted to the perverted pleasure he gained from abusing his victims and that none of his fellow musicians knew about this dark side of him. So this was something that he was um, carried in secret. And, and it's like they say, you got to be careful because there's um, so much crazy people out there and stuff. And a lot of the times what's done in the dark will always come to the light. And, you know, we don't support or celebrate any kind of wickedness and evils and stuff. Uh, we, we condemn all actions as such. So it says Avon and Somerset Police first began investigating him in 2017 after a woman reported herself being raped by him following the discovery of the footage on Anoki's phone three feather women came forward to police it says a fifth woman also gave evidence against him but her allegation could not be prosecuted as it happened abroad so he would only be released from prison after serving at least 20 years of his 30 year jail term behind bars when the parole board is satisfied he no longer poses a danger to the public it says speaking after the ruling the crown prosecution services jill McNamara, McNamara said she welcomed the increased sentence and hoped it would give victims of rape and sexual assault confidence in police powers to investigate charge and prosecute cases reported to them so guys um do you think justice was served do you feel he got the right amount of time or do you feel there's more to this story or he deserves more um, let us know your thoughts and definitely thoughts and prayers to all the victims and stuff and we condemn this this kind of sick animalistic behavior so um it's not something that we can condone or do condone in any shape form or light we don't know how don't know the full circumstances situations but um we just want to say those people that have been affected by this and affected by other stuff thoughts and prayers and you know i know it can be difficult but stay as positive as you can all right peace Yeah, peace guys. So this is a little story I wanted to share. I was actually supposed to share it a little while back. It says activists plan to give away marijuana at COVID vaccination sites in DC. So here we see quite an interesting picture. Somebody um getting blunted at DC Marijuana Justice's DuPont Circle. And this was a joint giveaway. And this was inauguration day in 2017. So um you know, they're giving away joints and stuff. It says cannabis activists have came up with a way to entice more people to get the coronavirus uh, vaccine. Give them weed. Oh, you know, sounds like a great idea. Um, I'm sure Dr. Wesley Muhammad would have a lot to say about that. Yeah, check out some of his work uh, entitled The Pot Plot. So um, anyway, it says the group DC Marijuana Justice... Um, the Architects of Initiative 171, which was a 2014 ballot initiative that legalized pot possession and cultivation within the district, are plotting a cannabis giveaway around vaccination sites in the city. Those sites haven't been announced yet, but the organization is readying volunteers to distribute the free baggies of marijuana at multiple vaccination centers as they come online. So um, what do you think of that, guys? They're going to be giving out free baggies of marijuana at specific vaccination centers in the state so they're pitching to do that it says so far local growers have pledged three pounds of cannabis to the giveaway and organizers hope to collect a total of five pounds by the time they begin handing it out according to dc marijuana justice co-founder adam adinger so um it says as a bonus the group also plan to give away seeds for a local cannabis strain which is named after former DC council member David Grasso. I mean, you can't make some of this stuff up. To think how 
cannabis was criminalized for such a long period of time and you know now you got these others and stuff um making it cool and naming things after um people in the senate and stuff um or in the council i should say a council member you know now can say he's got a strain of weed named after him you know considering all the people that have probably been locked up um for weed and now you've got this these these guys um so it says organizers plan to distribute loose cannabis as opposed to pre-rolled joints it said many people who picked up free doobies at the 2017 event smoked them on site which was a violation of law so hand-rolled joints present health risks um during the pandemic they're saying so you know said four years ago we handed out over 10 thousand joints and we lick those joints today we think that's an issue um yeah i should think so so um let's let's see if we got a bit more story on this it's also being reported on vice and um a lot of other sites let's reject that mate okay so we're getting a lot of the same story but i mean i want to know what you guys think about just this whole thing you know we've recently put out a few thoughts getting people's thoughts on cannabis and marijuana and the laws and stuff so it's quite interesting that they're actually using it as a bridge to get people vaccinated and stuff um so jabs for joints is what they're they're looking at calling it weed and you call weed 19 vaccination you know is that enough to get some of you guys down to the vaccination centers you know knowing that you can get a some free weed with it or are you more like you know what i'm gonna cut my own and um and figure this thing out so let us know your thoughts in the comments peace yeah guys so it's being reported that Grime star Mr. K, a 25-year-old whose music was featured on Coronation Street and Radio 1, admits to sexual abuse of a toddler. Sorry, guys. Some of this news sometimes is really heavy to report. Um, Kieran Cunliffe admitted to six charges relating to sexually abusing a toddler. Um, the rapper, grime artist known as Mr. K, who had music featured on Radio 1 and Coronation Street, he was 25 years old and he's been he will be sentenced at Sheffield Crown Court on February 26th. So, you know, this grime artist, you know, and they gotta stop calling these guys rappers, man, you know, cause they giving hip hop and rap a, a bad name. Well they ain't even hip hop, but they um they grime artists and I think grime is the right way to to identify him in a sense because grime as it says in the term grime it signifies grimy and that's not me condoning any of these grimy actions they they're absolutely condemned but um you know i think we gotta stop calling these guys like rap and hip-hop artists because they definitely don't represent nothing to do with hip-hop and you know hip-hop has fundamentals peace love understanding having fun and um, taking care of your community and different things like that which i think these guys completely go against so i just want to put that out there so anyway, this grime artist whose music appeared on Coronation Street, Radio 1, has admitted sexual abuse of a toddler. Kieran Cunliffe, known as Mr. K, admitted to six charges, including sexual assault of a girl under the name of 13, as well as making and distributing an indecent photograph. So he made pleas at the Sheffield Crown Court with a hearing that's scheduled to happen in February 
I mean, this music business, I think this entertainment business, this this society that we're in, there's such satanic energy, and, and um, I really don't know what's up with people, man. So let's see, it says, he has a track titled Pied Piper, how apt has his music feature on Coronation Street as well as Radio One. So, you know, I imagine some of us, we can't get no music, we can't get no radio play, but they're gonna play these people, and I guarantee, not that I've heard his music, I seriously doubt his music was probably anything positive anyway. You know, they always wanna promote the foolishness and wanna promote certain types of individuals, and then when it comes out that things like this happen, then, um, you know, what they got to say. So anyway, it says his music has been played Radio One, One Extra. You know, he a more recent track he put out in September 2020, which was called "Where I Came From," focusing on the estate in Doncaster where he grew up. Boo hoo hoo! So the 25-year-old from Doncaster admitted to the three counts of sexually assaulting a girl under the age of 13. You know, 13. You know, imagine that somebody. Yeah, I don't want to get into. It. So he took an indecent photograph of a child and he distributed said photograph and and stuff like that so he's due to stand trial in may for his offenses but it says he would now be sentenced on february 26 so according to a, a discography page he's got um a few tracks the pied piper he's been involved in campaigns for adidas oasis drinks lipton ice tea red bull and derby county football club so i don't know if any of these organizations have spoken out yet and um exposed them or, or you know spoken out and and condemned his actions i really hope they have so it says a deal with sony atv led to his music being used on channel 4 e4 itv and bt sports so um disgusting this kind of behavior and stuff that's happening you know i'm not one to guys who know me know i necessarily like to come off as a a moral judge and to condemn but we gotta condemn wicked actions when we see them and um you know as i said in the last video it's difficult when you talk about these things because we know there's people out there that have seriously been affected and stuff as well so thoughts and prayers to anybody who's been affected by any of these issues and even listening to these harrowing stories let us know your thoughts in the comments and if anybody has a bit more info on this guy you know i really know too much about this guy but if you want to leave anything in the comments then please do and share with somebody who you might think it can help all right guys peace yeah peace family so um a lot of people are thinking about ways that they can make a bit of extra money especially during over this pandemic time we've seen a huge insurgence of selling nudes online platforms like OnlyFans becoming more exasperated by people um making them a bit more explicit snapchat people um selling you know their own images and stuff on snapchat and some of these sites um so, you know, let's check out this little report that's came out recently in the New York Times saying jobless selling news online is still struggling. So it says OnlyFans, a social media platform that allows people to sell explicit photos of themselves. And, you know, that's not just what the site's for. It could also be for, you know, other backstage sort of stuff. But it's boomed during the pandemic, but competition on the site means many won't earn that much. So it's sort of like the rap game becoming so saturated now. So checking out this little article, it tells the story of Savannah Benavidez, who stopped working at a job as a medical biller in June to take care of her two-year-old son after his daycare shut down. Needing a way to pay her bills, she created an OnlyFans account. And um, 
she has made 6,000, 64,000, I should say, since July. So, um, it's quite a lot of money. It says not just to take care of her own bills, but to help family and friends with rent and car payments. She says it's more money than I've ever made in any job. I have more money than I know what to do with. So, um, you know, some people really making big bucks. It says, um, Lexi Eisenberger was hoping for a similar windfall when she started working only fans as a restaurant worker. And she's only 22 years old. She's been laid off three times during the pandemic and was in need of cash by October. So she had to drop out of dental hygiene school. After don donating plasma and doing that job, she didn't have enough to pay her bills. So after, at the suggestion of some of her friends, she turned to OnlyFans and she's only made about 500 quid so far. It's $500. So, you know, it's an interesting one because you got this demarcation of, you know, how do people make big bucks from another? You see, you know, one broad here, you see another broad there. I mean, um, I don't particularly think this broad is like that, you know super attractive or good looking or anything like that um maybe she got good marketing or something i don't know it says you know just to give a bit of inside baseball on only fans it was founded and based in britain which i didn't actually know considering it has such an american um setting on it and it says you know as of december it had more than 90 million users and more than 1 million content creators so that is quite a lot, you know, how this has jumped up. So a lot of people are turning to OnlyFans thinking it's going to be their way to prepare for their family. And it says a lot of people are doing it out of desperation. Um, some people have likened this to um, prostitution. Some have said, no, it's not prostitution because you've got celebrities and other people with OnlyFans pages where they're not necessarily selling news. They could just sell, you know, exclusive bits of content and information. So, you know, OnlyFans take a 20% pay cut. Some creators can get tips through apps and stuff. So, you know, one of those girls, Miss Benavidez, is the one that made a whole bunch of money. You know, she makes a lot of money through tips and stuff like that. So, while um, a lot of people are saying it's like a full-time job, you got to put a lot of work and stuff into it. I mean, me, myself, I, I did have OnlyFans. Well, we still got one up for the bad that experience, which we was using for behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff from photo shoots and um, things of that nature. But, um... You know, it's, it's a whole different time we're living now just with the sexualization of everything. Um, morals and values are really quite low, and I'm not saying it in an attempt to um, judge or lambast anybody, but, you know, these are the times that we live in. Um, so what do you guys think? I mean, has anybody out there had any experience with OnlyFans? Do you guys think, um, thought about setting up an account or anything like that? Do you see it as something like a positive? Because my whole thing with it is a lot of the times, you know, women are complaining about guys and saying, you know, guys are being um, chauvinistic and guys are objectifying women and stuff. And then a lot of women are doing stuff like this themselves. And, you know, some are doing it in support of their, their guy, their husband, their partner or whatever. Um, you know, I've seen it recently myself, even over the past year where, you know, guys have put their women out there to, to do OnlyFans and stuff and make money and, and bring some extra money in if they can. So um, one of the things that I think was very hypocritical is it's like myself, you know, we was doing some work, putting some behind the scenes stuff together and you get some women or some people on social media that try and lambast you and say, oh, well, you know, you're degrading the women and stuff. And I'm saying, so wait a minute, if a guy is taking pictures of them or a guy is promoting them in a certain way, it's classed as degradation, but 
when a woman wants to do it herself, she can do it under the guise of um, liberation and stuff. And that, no way, shape, or form am I, you know, trying to say that um, women should or shouldn't do this thing, or, or you know, it should be under guise, merit, or basis of what he says. But I just think there's a lot of hypocrisy with how people see things, and I, I understand the time that we're living in. That's how it is, but you know, I do think some of that needs to be explored because, as I said, some of these women they they want to sexualize themselves out there with that image um you know use guys tease guys and, and you know but they don't want to um have to have the guys do it like you know say if a guy's a photographer or the guy's got a media business or something it's it's often frowned upon where people look at the guy and don't see it as business they, they see it as perverse or something like that so um i mean it's quite a an interesting business even just the, the whole dynamics of working with models and working with people in the entertainment scene and, and people who want to be uh, seen by others there's so much dynamics that I guess that we could go into looking at things so um I want to know what you guys think you know are you are you for this OnlyFans thing are you for Snapchat premium all of that stuff do you think you know it's just a bit of um either fun or a bit of a, just a, a platform for people to to really go hard and make some money do you agree do you think it's a form of um, prostitution are you against prostitution are you, are you for it you know are you for soliciting you know um some say it's one of the oldest businesses that's gone around for a long period of time and regardless people are always going to spend money and in that sense you know a lot of women have the decks stacked um i'm pretty sure there's guys and stuff to have accounts and all that stuff too you know i'm pretty sure not interested in seeing <laughs> but um women will have the deck stacked in that capacity that you know as we see 64,000 in a few months is is the type of numbers that some of them can be pulling in um from guys that are going to be out there wanting to either see them buy pictures talk to them spend time with them well maybe not spend time with them um, physically but virtually and stuff so um let us know your thoughts guys you know only fans these streaming sites these um explicit services where people are you know getting their self out there what do you know let us know your thoughts in the comments don't forget to like share and subscribe and stay posted for more peace yeah peace guys so um russian malware spyware has been found on the government issued laptop for homeschooling so as we know in the middle of this pandemic there's a lot going on people aren't going to schools and stuff like that I mean, some are, there's a lot of um, mix-up, a, a lot of different things going down. Um, some schools have issued laptops for um, vulnerable children and stuff and people who maybe don't have access to getting into school and computers. And it's been identified that Russian malware has been found on a lot of these laptops and stuff like that. So um, let's see if we can get a bit more on this story. Yeah, guys, so we don't know um, how true this is. I can't say I don't have one of these laptops. and um, But it says Russian link spyware has been found on school laptops given to children by the government. So upon unboxing and preparing them, it was discovered that a number of the laptops were infected with a self-propagating network worm, one teacher reportedly wrote. So um, laptops provided to the schools in order to support vulnerable children learning from home during the coronavirus pandemic have been found to contain viruses. Teachers from a Bradford school shared details about suspicious files they found on the machines which appeared to be trying to contact Russian servers.
the BBC have reported. So, um, very interesting, guys. Um, let us know what you think. Um, this war around information and stuff now, we're in a time of a lot of censorship. People feel as though they're being spied on. You know, it's one thing people feeling as though they're being spied on internally, you know, domestically, but now people are saying, well, we're being spied on internationally also. So, um, there's a lot going on. So let's see if we got a bit of information about other things that have happened. It says the laptops which were running Microsoft Windows operating system contained Gamma Ru 1, a worm which was first identified in 2012, which has since been used to control, recruit, and infect other computers. So they say one such bonnet was taken down in 2017 and had compromised more than 2 million computers. So it's sort of interesting. One teacher said that around 20% of the computers they had been sent had the virus with IT administrations recommending that the networks be checked as an added precaution. So I think it's got to be looked at where are they getting these machines from, you know, where are they coming from, where are they getting these machines from, so are they just putting them out there like that, are supposed to, you know, are people supposed to just accept anything that's given to them, I mean, sometimes they say that's the same, you take things for free and it, sometimes it's um too good to be true. Guys, I'm trying to go back and check out some of these articles and I keep getting these silly ads. So um, let us know your thoughts, guys. Russian-linked spyware found on school laptops given to children by the government. Um, we're in serious critical times. A lot of censorship. A lot of people being spied on. A lot of data being sold and, and all this stuff. Um, some people are saying it's best to take a break from a lot of this computers and technology and stuff but I feel as though we're too far gone and would we be able to function without it as we see in society now with everything going further towards um, digital, digital ways and, and virtual ways so um, let's try and be on point people stay safe out there stay woke and always look out for you folks peace Yeah, peace fam. So um, we want to report some world news. Two men have been caned 70, 70 times for gay sex in Indonesia. So two men in Indonesia's conservative Aceh province have been publicly caned 77 times after neighbors reported them to Islamic religious police for having sex. So I wonder if this is a video. No, it's a picture. And here we see... Oh, wow. That guy look like a ninja. I don't know what kind of suit he's wearing. We see this public caning. So it says two men in Indonesia's conservative Aceh province were publicly caned each 77 times Thursday after neighbors reported them to Islamic religious police for having, you know, gay relational sex or, you know. Um, dozens of people witnessed the caning. At Banda Aka's Tamanzari City Park. They say it's the third time. You know, the this is the only province in Indonesia to practice Sharia law. It's came people for homosexuality since the Islamic law was implemented in 2015 as a concession made by the government to end the long-running separatist rebellion. So two men 
age 27 and 29, were whipped across the back and went through pain as a team of five enforcers wearing robes and hoods took turn relieving one another after every 40 or so strokes. So, the two men were arrested in November after residents became suspicious and broke into their rented room where they were caught in the deed, doing their deed. So, as Sharia... A Sharia court last month sentenced each man to 80 strokes, but they were caned 77 times after a remission for the time spent in prison. So they got, um, got you know, free strokes, you know, taken out of each of them. So four other people received 17 strokes for extramarital relations and 40 strokes for drinking alcohol. So a Sharia code allows up to 100 lashes. For morality offences including gay sex. Caning is also punishment for adultery, gambling, drinking and women who wear tight clothes and men who skip Friday prayers. So with the exception of Aki homosexuality is not completely illegal in Indonesia but the country's low profile LGB community has been under siege in the past years. So um, let us know your thoughts on this guys. Um, do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's right? Do you agree with Sharia law? Um, we're not going to get too much into the aspect of um, what's going on out there with Indonesia. I don't know too much, but this has made world news, um, especially you know us being in the Western world where the Western society advocates and placates um, homosexuality and stuff like that. So. It's kind of an interesting one just seeing this on, on the complete different side of the world, how things are done out there. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Peace.